Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of the Tokunet podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about tokusatsu anime adaptions, which I'm super excited for as an anime and a tokusatsu fan. On the podcast with me, we have Brody. Hi. Josh. Hey, what up? And Yaz. Yo. Yaz, I've taken the hosting duty today. Yoroshiku. <laughs> Yoroshiku onegashimasu. <laughs> onegashimasu. <laughs> Before we get into it, I want to thank our Patreon supporters and sponsors. Thank you so much for always um, sponsoring the podcast. We'd like to specially thank Ryugen Urobuchi, CS Toys, Tokulectibles, and the webcomic Red Belt. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to hear your name or business announced during the podcast, please feel free to go to patreon.com forward slash the tokunet and you can look at all our different reward tiers and see what you fancy. And maybe you could support us as we keep making cool content like podcasts, videos, articles, and more. So, anime. What a crazy thing anime is. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way. Yeah, I know. What a crazy thing anime is. Um, Though we're all tokusatsu fans, we're all also anime fans. So I guess a good question to start with for everybody, just to get a conversation going, is how did each of you get into anime? And what is your favorite anime? It doesn't have to be any of the tokusatsu anime adaptions. Even, you know, if they are your favorite, great. If not, feel free to express your favorite anime and just share it with the world today. I guess I'll go first. Uh, Growing up, when I grew up, you know, you had... Those weird periods where you were watching anime, you just didn't know it was anime Mm -hmm. necessarily. You just knew there was a difference in the style. So you would look at something like, say, Ronin Warriors or Sailor Moon and be like, I like those cartoons. They're drawn a little different, but I really like those characters. And, you know, you keep going, you watch like Voltron, and then you realize, oh, this is kind of like Power Rangers. They got the same kind of formula. But I think the first anime that I watched, I I I always look at it this way. There's always... The anime that you watch first that is easily accessible, and then there's the first anime you go looking for, knowing, okay, this is what the genre is. Mm-hmm. I think the first anime I knew what it was that I was watching was Gundam Wing, because when that hit, like, it just blew up at my school, and everybody was buying model kits, and uh, when we had downtime during class, we, like, downloaded the old uh super famicom gundam wing fighting game on the computers and we'd be playing that during class but i think the first one i ever went after on my own was i I can't believe it's so old at this point it was a ken akamaku's love hina oh my god love hina is so so much and granted the older i get the more problematic it becomes Mm -hmm. but i still really like it uh as far as favorites go um, I just, it, there's just been so many at this point that I can't even name all of them. Um, you gotta pick your top number one favorite. Number one favorite, the one that I keep going back to, would probably be one, one of the Watanabe series. So probably either Cowboy Bebop or Chomplu. Those ones with really strong soundtracks. Those are the ones I always go back to. And I flip-flop on those two. Yeah, no, I can agree. I always flip with Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Though Champloo has still been 
mostly on the top for me. I love Bebop, don't get me wrong, but them hip-hop samurais, you know, they get me. How about you, Brody? (laughs) How did you get into uh, anime? Oh, boy. So, you know, people who know me basically typically know me as the Sonic guy because growing up in in elementary middle school, Sonic was my big obsession. Like, I I have, to this day, analyzed that game series so much, and it's just, it was my motivation to get into the major that I'm in, game design. <laughs> but the first Sonic game I ever owned, the thing that got me into video games in general, the game that taught me to play games, was Sonic Mega Collection. And on Sonic Mega Collection, I eventually figured out how to navigate menus beyond just getting to the games. And there was an extras menu. And on this extras menu, they had the Sonic CD intro and ending segments. And these were animated like an anime. Huh. Um, I watched that over and over and over because it was such a cool sequence. And I asked my parents to get me this Sonic cartoon or whatever. And they found the Sonic OVA movie at Blockbuster and bought that for me. From there, I was I was still trying to find the source of this of this actual video that I saw in the video game. So I went to my one friend and I was just like, hey, wh- what is this? Where, where, where could I see things like this? He pointed me towards the anime Sonic X, which was airing on 4Kids at the time. Oh, yeah. And to this day, Sonic X is probably my favorite Sonic show because the final season just broke me. Spoilers in case you don't want to know about Sonic. Sonic X spoilers that are like, what, 15 years now? Um, 15 <laughs> years old now? So in the in the final season, they meet a plant girl who comes asking for their help defeating a villain called the enemy called the Metarex. This girl named Cosmo grows really really close with Tails, and they form sort of a romantic a romantic connection. And this was this blew my mind back in the day. Like, what are they doing? But in the end, Cosmo had to sacrifice herself to save the day, and Tails had to be the one to press the button to fire the cannon. And oh my it broke god, me. that's really deep and it's dark. Re- yeah, it is. I was broken what? over this. Even to this day, I'll just tell random people about it just because I want them to feel my pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, god. So I so I watched Sonic Sonic X. I watched the Sonic OVA. I got into Pokemon because my friend across the street was into Pokemon, and my parents didn't really want me watching Pokemon at the time, but I watched it anyway. They sort of had weird lines that they drew with violence, and anime was typically... You know, it was hard to watch anime um, because, hmm. I mean, it's it's like, it was weird, though, because they kept me from it, so I didn't really have an interest in it apart from Sonic, Pokemon, and Kirby. Kirby right back at you. Anime is also really good. But then when I was, like, 13, my friend across the street introduced me to Tengen Topa Gurren Lagan. Oh, yeah. And, oh, boy. I So when he first showed it to me, I wasn't actually really interested because I didn't want to watch it at the time, but he just had me watch it anyway. About a year later, probably, I come back to it, and I watch it on my own. And to this day, I cannot escape the Gurren Lagann hype. Like, <laughs> Studio Trigger is working on, or Studio Trigger is putting out Promare right now. They are, that's, you know, it's the same duo that worked on Gurren Lagann, and their main character looks like Kamina, and... Oh, no way, really? I haven't seen anything yeah, they, of they that Yeah, they really yet. didn't try to hide how much... The new guy in Promare is supposed to look like Kamina. Oh my god. Oh yeah, totally. They got same energy as you might say. But yeah, no, to this to this day, Gurren Lagan is just the very top. Recently, um one of my friends on Facebook shared a, a news a quote unquote news article saying that uh Gurren Lagan was going to have 
a crossover movie celebrating the 10th anniversary of its final movie. Um, and the crossover movie was going to be with Darling in the Franks. And I, I, I went off on him for that one. I'm just like, no, this is a, this is an awful idea. I'm, I'm very protective of Gurren Lagann. Like if they're going to make a movie, it's got to be done right. Nah, I get you. I and get I, you. And I had, I had issues with Darling in the Franks. Yeah, that that would that can be a separate conversation right then. And yeah, then. But, I, I, yeah, I won't I won't go on any longer. Uh, that's my history <laughs> with anime and my favorite anime. No, hey, nothing wrong with that. Girl on Logan's great. I was definitely into the Girl on Logan hype for yeah. sure. That hype was definitely there yeah. for me. When I, when I first met Jason David Frank, I was cosplaying Simone. Nice. <laughs> All right. Yes. How did you get into anime? I hate anime. I mean, we all do. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, let's see. It's like like uh, Josh said. It's it's hard to distinguish when I discovered anime and when I ran into anime. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, I think I think it was Dragon Ball Z, and I think it was like right. It was before it went to Toonami. I remember seeing a tri- uh, a promo reel, and it showed like a bunch of action scenes and like Gohan flipping through the air and just shooting a blast. And then it showed these other, like, robots and stuff. And I was like, oh, what is going on? This is crazy. And I started watching, and it was Dragon Ball Z and, I think, Robotech. And, oh, yep. Uh, and so I was going crazy over that. And then, like, a few years later, I discovered Gundam, Gundam Wing. And I was like, what is this world? And then you just kind of just get <laughs> opened up into, like, a whole bunch of other stuff. and like, um, But Dragon Ball Z was always kind of like, it was kind of like the anchor for me for as far as anime is concerned it was always just there mm-hmm. it was sort of like my power rangers but for anime i guess i don't you know a lot of people have their gateway through dragon ball z so that's how i got started as far as like favorites man I, i've been sitting here while you guys have been talking just like thinking what's my favorite i can't figure it out if you asked me like five years ago or something then i would have probably would have still said dragon ball z mm-hmm. um but recently i Rewatch some of it in Japanese, and man. Uh. Well, okay. Yeah, in Japanese, yeah, I can agree. It's not even, like, the voices or anything. Like, the, the voice acting, I think, is still great. It's just, mm-hmm. Goku's just so much dumber than I thought he was. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> oh, the worst. yeah. So, recently I started watching a Yu Yu Hakusho, and I think that's oh. going to take over. That's like, a that's, good one. That's basically good Dragon choice. Ball Z done right. <laughs> in yeah. my opinion so Yu Yu Hakusho is definitely up there Cowboy Bebop obviously is definitely up there I have a soft spot for G Gundam because of how ridiculous that show is really yeah See, I don't hear that very often it's a dumb show but it's and it's it but it's um, a beautifully dumb show it's a beautifully <laughs> dumb show even if it does have some a few some terrible terrible stereotypes because it's like a world tournament and the way oh, yeah, they yeah. represent different countries is uh, uh not the best way, <laughs> but <laughs> I just love that it's a tournament style Gundam wing sh- Gundam show and it's awesome. I also love Ushi and Tora. I don't know if anybody here has seen it. Oh no way! Really? I don't hear many people liking that show anymore. You know? Yeah, my uh, my friend introduced me to the manga and the old OVAs like maybe mm-hmm. three four years ago, and then the new show started, and I love that show. Yeah, I like the new one. Mm-hmm. The new one's great. If you ever get a chance to watch the old OVAs, there. I mean, it's basically the same thing, just not that far into the story. But it's it's a really good show. Shonen 
anime at its best. I, I feel like <laughs> it's so good. Um, I guess I had the same start as most of you guys. Like, Toonami and Cartoon Network really was what brought most of our generation into anime without mm-hmm. realizing it. I feel like not just with like Pokemon, but I even have really vivid memories of I don't know if it was on Cartoon Network or Toonami, but I remember watching Cardcaptor Sakura. Uh, Sakura. I say it that was on Sakura. Fox Kids, right? I think that was Fox Kids because I know Tokyo Mew Mew was also on that too. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that would yeah. have been Fox. Yeah, so I remember sitting down watching Card Captors. I say it Sakura because that's how they say it in the English dubs. I can Ugh. never say oh, no. it right. That's the thing. It's the same thing with like Yu Yu Hakusho. You get used to saying Yurameshi when it's Urameshi. Urameshi. Yep, oh, yep. really? Is that how that was said? Because I'm mm-hmm. watching the Japanese version. I never knew that they said Urameshi. Well, yeah, because if you're listening to like if you watch it off Toonami, you're listening to the dub. And specifically, like, Kuwabara is always saying, hey, you're a meshi. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just an affectation of the dub, yeah. and it's Urameshi. That's awesome. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we grew up listening to, like, the English dubs yeah. of these shows. Most, like, 99% Like, Ryu of the time. versus Ryu. Yeah, exactly. Ryu versus Ryu. Exactly. I just, Sakura. I always think of the Jolly, the jelly Donuts. The jelly donuts, yeah, it's from Pokemon. The jelly donuts, aka onigiri, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's like the difference between pronouncing Raiden and Raiden. Ra- yep, yeah, yep. There you go. Hey, man, that's, that's a good two one. Two different dude. characters. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I have such vivid memory watching like the magical girl shows. Mm-hmm. I also still very much remember watching parts of Gundam Wing and Gundam Seed, yeah. particularly, and like anything that was really on. Toonami. I could I could just sit in front of the TV and my mom would let me, you know? She'd let me watch all of this late at night and Zoids. everything. I yes. Oh, don't <laughs> even get me started. I was so obsessed with Zoids. Like like was Toonami all of your guys' main introduction to anime? Uh my like when I got introduced to Dragon Ball Z, it was before it moved to Toonami, so I think it was still uh. What was it here? Was it on USA or something? I forget what it was. Well, no, see, back in the day before it got to Toonami, you're talking about, like, the old dub. So yeah. it was on, like, not public access, but it would be, like, on, right. like, Fox affiliates when normal cartoons weren't on. Like, I remember yeah. way, way back when friggin' Power Rangers Zeo was on. You know, you'd buy, like, a, like the Zeo Megazord, and then it came with that little fold-out brochure, and you'd see all the Power Rangers Zeo toys on one side of the brochure, and then you'd flip it over, and then there'd be all these toys for this thing called Dragon Ball Z, and I'd be like, who the hell are these characters? What What's a Goku and a Go-10? Like, what? Who? What? And Vegeta? What's Vegeta? Boy, I'm 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 really the baby of the group. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're true. That's right. You are the yeah. baby of the group. So... This is interesting that we have, like, I mean, I would say me, Josh, and Yaz are kind of more within the same generation, while Brody are a little bit, you're still in the generation, but you're on the yeah. younger side Yeah, of that. I was born in 97, it's like, mm-hmm. all, all those early 90s shows I didn't get to see till later. I discovered yeah. anime before you were born, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, we have my mother restricting me with what anime I could watch. Right, Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, I, I still haven't seen Dragon Ball because I know that once I watch it, I'm going to want to experience as much of it as I can so that I get the full experience. 
one day. I think you still should. It's it's. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's like his story, but it's 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 such a foundation to what a lot of anime mm-hmm. has turned into. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I want to see it because like so many people swear by it or have memories of it, and I just I got to see this cultural touchstone. Well, because it's funny because like remembering specifically Dragon Ball uh, when it came to that because. Uh, you know, they were airing on Toonami at the same time. Mm-hmm. My mother would see like just commercials for it, and she's like, "Oh, that that fighting one with the with the people with the big hair—that's too violent for you." You know, <laughs> talking about Dragon Ball. But then when I'm like, "Well, what about this one? Oh, that's just robots. You're fine." So I could watch <laughs> Gundam. Okay, Gundam. <laughs> you know, mind you, it's about you know 14 year old child soldiers <laughs> committing <laughs> self destructive acts. But <laughs> yeah, like my parents weren't okay with Yu Gi Oh. But they were eventually, as I convinced them, okay with Pokemon. But then hmm. they weren't okay with Dragon Ball. But then they were okay with the Powerpuff Girls. And the, my go-to example with the Powerpuff Girls is there is literally an episode where Buttercup pops out of a monster's eyeball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. show was so violent. I, I, I still ask them to this day, why did you let me watch this? And they don't know. <laughs> it, was, uh... it, was a, it was a crapshoot back then. You didn't know what was uh, mm-hmm. violent and what wasn't. Yeah, Apparently. that's true. That's true. So it's it's interesting that we have all you guys on the podcast because it's a different experience within kind of the same generation. But I'll, I'll end up by saying my favorite anime of all time is Samurai Champloo because that's when I was like really actively looking for anime when yeah. I started mm-hmm. like trying to find anime that I could really latch on to. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Cardcaptor Sakura, and I love Sailor Moon and all the ones that I grew up with. I love to the depths of my heart. But when you put me in front of Samurai Champloo for the first time, I think I was like 13 when that came out. I was just like, holy crap. This is everything I could ever imagine for like a quality, amazing anime. Like, this is art to me. And same with Cowboy Bebop. I felt the same way with Cowboy Bebop, but I strongly lean towards Samurai Champloo being the best out of the two. So, you excited for the live action Sam uh, Cowboy Bebop? Oh, that's um, a whole other podcast for later. That's another podcast. <laughs> Let's rear it back now, to Tokusatsu. <laughs> oh boy! So I think funny enough on that, I if I remember correctly. For a little bit, tying it to that, it's one of those weird things that I didn't realize. I think because, you know, you spin off from Toonami and then they also had Midnight Run, you know, when they would air stuff in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. And if I remember correctly, on Midnight Run, that was the first time I had ever seen Kikaider. Yes, and you're it was right. One of those, it was one of those things where I, I watched it for the longest time. It's like... Man, like this this animation's really like old, but I like it and it's about androids and like I was exposed to the anime first before I ever realized it was a Tokusatsu. Yeah, that's hmm. a good point that even through Toonami and other shows, I noticed Power Rangers and all the anime on Toonami, they always kind of intertwined in how they advertised themselves like you mentioned earlier with you know, one side, the Power Rangers Zeo brochure, the other side was Dragon Ball. That definitely did happen in the 90s, for sure. Mm -hmm. There was so much integration between the two that I think that helped anime fans get into tokusatsu without realizing it, and vice versa. So if you were already into Power Rangers, you would see advertisements for different anime 
that people thought you would like and you got into anime that way. So it's mm, very interesting mm. the connection that at least in America that tokusatsu and anime had in the 90s and how now it's just completely evolved to what we have now. So well what's interesting about that is like I will often describe tokusatsu to my friends or they will pick up on it themselves when they see it as live action anime. Yep, yep I was going to mention that too. That's how I've described it to like, you know, like newer people getting into this stuff. Like it's very goofy and ridiculous mm-hmm. like anime, but it's live action. Yeah, I have a friend who is really really into magical girl anime and he was asking he messaged me one day and this was after he moved to Japan. He was just like, "Hey Brody, do you have a any any sentai or common rider suggestions for me?" And I started explaining in detail a whole bunch of different shows and he's yeah. just like okay well do you have anything like magical girl and i'm like uh mm. try magi ranger <laughs> i haven't actually seen magi ranger yet yeah that's about as far like as close as we can get they have the sailor moon live action they no, do I, re- I was gonna say i remember specifically uh-huh. uh when i first got to college i went looking around and sure enough i was able to find an anime club at my school i, I guess that would have been 2005 that was when the sailor moon Tokusatsu came out, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. and of course everybody in that room knew Sailor Moon. And so when it came time to watch it, we we're like, "Hey, we got this live action Sailor Moon." It's like, "Oh, it's probably stupid." No, it's officially made. Okay, so that room was packed. And when it came down to uh, Usagi actually transforming and doing this weird, like, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but you know, at at the end she does this weird, like she puts her leg up behind her head and does this really bad spin. Before she does her attack, everybody broke down laughing in the room. It was just like watching this anime thing, but being done live action in a kind of goofy way. Mm-hmm. Some people were immediately turned off, like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. I don't want to watch more of this. And some people, like myself, were like, where do I get more of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. The way they've integrated with the like the Sailor Moon tokusatsu, that was a really clever way to get the anime fans into tokusatsu in Japan. And I love that, you know, we didn't get really an official release of that in America, but I would have killed for something like that to come over to America. It's like the funniest thing, like, people to this day still are discovering that that was ever a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you've got the re-releases, you've got Crystal, but then when you tell people, hey, you know there was a whole live-action series, right? They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and it's definitely evolved to now we have awesome shows like the Ultraman anime, SSS Gridman, uh, the Godzilla anime trilogy, which, you know, everybody can have their opinion on that. I still thought that was pretty influential to have a Godzilla anime, the Garo Mm -hmm. anime, like, it's evolved so crazily, the integration of tokusatsu trying to bring it into the anime world in such a really unique way is yeah. great so well speaking of ultraman why don't we talk about ultraman first um for anybody who doesn't know about the ultraman anime which why are you listening to this podcast if you haven't seen it yet it's fantastic <laughs> um the ultraman anime takes place years after the events of the original ultraman season yeah this is the current one airing on netflix now Yep, this is the current one, so you can go watch it right now if you have a Netflix membership. Um, it focuses around Shin Hayata's son, Shinjiro, who has 
these strange powers, you know, like super strength and everything. And it you come to find out in the first episode that Shin Hayata, as we know as Ultraman fans, he actually was Ultraman. In the universe, nobody knew that he was actually Ultraman, and he didn't even know because his memories were wiped. And that has Shinjiro discovering his powers and using his powers to become the new Ultraman and fight kaiju invading the Earth. It's a very interesting take on the Ultraman universe because it's kind of this alternate universe where we don't we get some other Ultraman characters like Ultra 7 shows up he's just 7 Ace Ultraman Ace shows up and there's there's more that is going to come if you've read the manga because this was originally a manga but I found this anime in particular for tokusatsu adaption extremely good like this might be better than SSS Gridman, and I Ooh. loved Gridman. But yeah, let's not go saying things uh, we can't take back now. <laughs> I you're gonna lose okay. subscribers if you do that. That's yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think story wise, and how they adapted the manga, and how it takes on the Ultraman series in the unique way that it does, is what makes it better. I don't think the CG animation is very good, personally, but I can toss that aside to proudly declare that I really think this Ultraman anime was amazing. So I don't know if you guys want to weigh in and fight me on these opinions. Oh, I'll fight. Well, I won't won't fight you that it's good. I like it because I remember when, you know, I I was hearing about it for a while. Uh, The manga was released in 2012. We didn't get it over here in the States until 2015. And as soon as we got it officially, I I started reading it. And I appreciated how it gave service to the original season of Ultraman, and it's technically still set in that world. They've just taken some of these characters and, you know, like you say, put them in a different light, like uh, Dan Motoboshi, like Ace, like Jack, all these other characters. And I liked how it's almost a 1-1 translation from manga to this anime, and Mm -hmm. I think it it is – it's definitely worth praising for being a really easy jumping on point. Like if you've just heard of Ultraman, some people for some reason still have this weird aversion to watching Tokusatsu. So you can tell them, okay, then check out the anime. It's uh, motion capture acted just like uh, a real Ultraman series would be. You know, they've got some of these Tokusatsu actors doing the motion. Mm-hmm. And whereas I think a lot of the talking scenes can look a little stilted, the action scenes, you can tell that's where they put the money in. Because the, that first fight between Shinjiro and Bemular looks great. And mm-hmm. it's a thing I like to talk about just with regular Tokusatsu, how a lot of times when you're doing, you know, wire work... Uh, sometimes you can see like the pull on it and the actor's not exactly moving right. But with an anime, you can clean that up and it looks more believable for whatever that's worth. So when they're doing those scenes like when Shinjiro's uh, depicting how he can, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound, the angle that they're showing like from his first person point of view makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so the the less you have to think about the more outrageous things in the series, the easier it is for your audience to get in on it. So that's definitely something I would say works in the favor of this new Ultraman series. Yeah, that's why I say the care that they put in to really come across the tokusatsu origins is why I think it did 
better than I'm not saying the animation of SSS Gridman is better because it's, it's way better than or isn't better excuse me it is better than Ultraman animation I don't think the CG works very well during the normal scenes it's amazing during the fight scenes but mm-hmm. I really don't think it works well during the the normal talking scenes but I think they got across the tokusatsu origins the best out of all the tokusatsu anime adaptions I've seen personally that's just my opinion, though. <laughs> hey, everybody has their opinion, obviously. Even if it's wrong, I understand. No, 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 no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying your opinion is wrong at all. I've got a question for you guys. Um, so I don't have much experience with the Ultraman Tokusatsu shows. How dare you? Um, I know. I <laughs> How guess. dare you? Hey, come on. Okay, no okay, gatekeeping. Okay. No gatekeeping. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so we got Kamen Rider Geo happening right now. So when I get through the Heisei Kamen Rider, then we'll talk about me watching Ultraman but um yeah when I was watching the anime you know the action was really intense and yeah those action scenes were really really good how are do they try to like mimic the sort of action style of the Ultraman tokusatsu or has it sort of taken on its own no I don't think so. yes it's it's both um because in the first episode specifically um I believe it's the first episode when Shin Hayata is fighting Bemular You'll notice that he's using a bunch of wrestling moves, which is very much like the original series where that's all the choreography they had. And then when Shinjiro takes over as Ultraman, now they've updated it to be, oh, he can be flying and jumping all over the place, but he still has to go back to using the classic attacks that a regular Mm. Ultraman would use in kind of these more modern series. So I think it's a good mix of the two. For me, it felt a little bit more like... Like the, the series as a whole feels more like Common Rider than Ultraman for me. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that comment a lot from people watching it now. That's a good point. I think I think mostly it's because of perspective and scale. Uh, because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, all of these, this whole series is human-sized. There's no real, you know, kaiju. Like, there's no big monster yeah. or anything like that. That so, threw me off, too. Um, so I feel like if you, if you tell people, oh, um, if you want to watch... Ultraman try this anime first, I think it would be a little bit misleading just because aesthetically it's very different. Um, Mm -hmm. How they move is very different in Ultraman as far as the Tokusatsu uh, franchise is concerned. Um, Story-wise, I feel like it's stuff that you can latch, there's stuff that you can latch onto in it. For me, I I actually really enjoyed the Ultraman anime. I thought the action was great, even though some of the animation in the action is, is, um, you can tell that there was a learning curve, especially in the beginning episodes, because hmm. some details aren't I there. I can see that, yeah. Like, for example, in that first fight with uh, Bemular, they hit the ground hard a lot, and there's no damage to that football stadium. You know what? I, that was something that bugged me, too, <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly. Like, it's not until Shinjiro shows up and then knocks him back, I think, in episode two during that fight there. And it's like in one the, crack. In the, and there's one crack. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. But then that stuff happens in anime anyway. Where they're not exactly consistent with the ground damage, so true. Uh, I don't know. It felt kind of, especially for for a show like Ultraman, where the live action Tokusatsu where has a lot of emphasis on damage. And, oh you know, yeah, like destruction. rocks flying everywhere, rocks flying, destruction of buildings, over. like dirt mm-hmm. flying up everywhere. So when you go to this anime and everything's kind of clean and pristine after they fought, it's kind of jarring. Um, and for someone who's in, if you're into that kind of action as far as like Ultraman I can see people not see I can see people being worried to try the show but I think for the story and for 
if you look at the action as just anime, it's really good. Uh, especially as you get on, you introduce characters like, you know, Seven and Ace. Mm-hmm. Like, those action scenes are great, especially towards the end. Like, those are some of oh, my favorite yeah. fights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the story was actually, I thought I thought it was, it was pretty good. Um, you know, the hero's journey of Shinjiro and his relationship with, you know, Moroboshi and with um, Rena, stuff like that. Like, that stuff I thought was really cool. So overall, I think it was a really, I, th- I thought it was a really fun anime, and I actually really enjoyed it. Is it better than Gridman? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Well, because I, I think yeah. Gridman, SSSS Gridman, is a special case. I, I guess to kind of transition there, because you know, like like kids growing up in the '90s, I grew up with Power Rangers, and then you had your offshoots. You had you know your Mystic Knights, you had your Beetleborgs, and you also had Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. And then when they announce this, and it's like, okay, well, eventually, later on down the road, when I get into Tokusatsu, I learn about, okay, it's Gridman is where we got the footage for uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, but they actually stayed pretty close to the plot. Like, with, with a few name changes and location changes, it's almost the same show. And then when they announce this, and it's like, SSSSS Gridman... Wait, was that too many S's? Was that one too many? I don't know. Point. I think you got it. Four S's. You got it. Yeah, four S's. Four S Gridman. Fine. Uh, And it's like, well, you can't ignore that those four S's would tie back to the American adaptation. And then going there to uh, Anime Expo when they were announcing things for it, they're like, no, we're bringing in aspects of that series into this anime. And I'm just there like, oh, my God. Like, this is... (laughs) like nothing like it had ever been done before and then having watched that show i'm both joyous and upset because i ended up loving the series way more than i thought i would and then i'm sad because it was only like 12 episodes and i wish i I had more yeah 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 it's a fantastic anime don't get me wrong at all like that anime was amazing and that's definitely one of the pinnacles of a tokusatsu anime adaption compared to ones that we've had before it. But I think, in my opinion, this is solely my opinion, Ultraman reigns, I guess maybe because I have my own internal bias for Ultraman, and I love what they did in this anime, and I love Mm -hmm. the manga. Like, everything about it was just spot on. Where with Gridman, I feel like, yes, most of it was spot on, but it still had the anime drama and i was like i don't really want to deal with this you know like i'm so as an anime fan i'm so tired of the anime tropes you know so i'm like i get so tired of tropey stuff that's in anime especially Mm. when it's a tokusatsu adaption so that was my that you know gridman was perfect but that was like the only thing that i just was so tired of i feel like they have two different categories as far as like these two animes like mm-hmm. the Ultraman anime is like you know very faithful to the manga which the manga mm-hmm. was sort of like a a reimagining know, it, yeah it was kind of reimagining or, or like what if like you know what if you know an alternate Hi- future yeah like what if yeah, Hayate yeah. uh kept some of those powers and passed it on to his son and you know what if they continue to be Ultraman like but you know human scale kind of thing like that I feel like it's it's a branching off and an exploration, whereas uh, mm-hmm. Gridman is sort of... I mean, it is a, a it is a continuation in a way, I guess. Well, not really. 
but it's like kind of sort of not really kind of sort of <laughs> but it's also like a love letter to tokusatsu and the fact that mm. you know the yes. monsters and you know gridman himself they move like you know people in suits like oh, the yeah. monsters feel like suits they have that grab that weight to them that scale to them mm-hmm. um and i feel like that was kind of like you know they had a lot of references like small references to like you know various parts of like not just Gridman, but like different Tsuburaya, you know, properties and just Tokusatsu in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah. it was, they were both doing different things, but they both did it really well. Yeah, I can certainly I can see that. agree with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, Gridman edges out a little bit more uh, just because I had a bit more fun with the story. I like that it kind of played with certain um, expectations, especially towards the end. And the <laughs> sort of cliff, like the ending where it's kind of like, you know, like you're wondering like what you just saw. You're kind of like, yeah, was this a reality? Is this the real life or yeah, is this just fantasy? It's kind of the Inception <laughs> kind of thing, you know, the Inception ending. You guys know I loved SSSS Doggard, man. Um, I like, I wrote a whole review about it. Hint, hint for all view, for all listeners out there. <laughs> um, it's on our website. Um, anyway, but so... I'm going to throw, finally throw in my opinion of Ultraman here. So, mostly, I agree with what you're saying about um, about it doing something different than what Gridman was trying to accomplish. So, um, when I was watching the Ultraman anime, I was actually kind of expecting them to grow giant at some point. I hadn't read the manga, but I, I you know, I know enough about Ultraman to know it's about giants. But, th- so when that, when that didn't happen, I was just sort of on board for the story and it is a really good story and it's it really comes through that this show is an offshoot of what ultraman usually is and it see it seems like it's doing something different it's going more the anime manga uh shonen direction whereas i mean you know i didn't really have much of a expectation for it because i haven't seen ultraman I was asking people, I think, ahead of time, you know, oh, is this like Ultraman? Is this going to give me an Ultraman experience? So I'm still going to watch Ultraman. I'm sure it's going to be very different from what I experienced here because what I get from the Ultraman anime is that it's trying to pay tribute to its source material, but being more of an anime than a tokusatsu adaptation, Mm. um, if that makes sense. So like the action... It's all really good and really fantastic. The characters are all really good and fantastic. And I love how they uh, interact with one another. And I love how the story progresses towards its first season finale. Well, I think there's a, there's a different difference in that Gridman was meant to be more of a finite story SSSS Gridman in that you're meant to only experience it for these 12 episodes and they leave it on it's slightly open-ended, but you still feel like you got to an end. Whereas I feel the Netflix Ultraman adaptation, they've only covered up so far through the manga. So I believe they're going to keep going into another season. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. What I was, what one thing that I mentioned briefly in the, at the end of my Gridman review was that um, I was disappointed that it was only 12 episodes, but it also felt right that it was only 12 episodes because it felt like it told such a contained tight story that it didn't have any room for anything extra. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's sort of, there's something to respect about that kind of focus. And, you know, 
as a result, we got the Gridman we got, and I I love it. It shot up to number two right under Gurren Lagann for me. <laughs> like, because mostly because of that ending reveal and what it meant for the whole rest of the series. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the thing with, like, the end of all, the Ultraman anime. It was like, it kind of had a... I don't want to say generic ending, but it, it was something that, you know, it can lead off to something else, but it was also, you know, the end of the hero's journey in a way. He became the hero, and you, you yeah. kind of expect that. But the, the the little, you know, strings that they left behind, I think could lead to, like, a very interesting season two. Um, oh, totally. But do you know, because I, I haven't, I haven't, I've read maybe the first three or four volumes of Ultraman manga. Uh, how far does this go? Because uh, far as I recall, they're up to volume 12, and the series only covered, I think, up to about half of that, so somewhere around six. So okay. they could very easily do another season. Right. Okay. As far as, like, the Ultraman in the show go, they you see three suits. They've introduced five Ultraman. Okay. So, yeah. you know, we're still missing more reveal there. Yeah. Now... To that end, like, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit about the Garo adaptation, but like, you know, we've got an example like Ultraman, we've got Garo, and, you know, you were talking at the beginning about how there's this kind of good relationship between Tokusatsu and anime. Mm -hmm. One thing I wish we would get as a translation from Tokusatsu to anime is over in Japan, they got this comic called Kamen Rider Spirits, which is kind of like what this Ultraman manga was, which is a spin-off from the original. Because the way that works is basically, uh, in Kamen Rider Spirits, uh, for those who don't know, uh, it's a continuation or a expansion upon everything going on around Kamen Rider Z-Cross, because he only got... He's the only Kamen Rider in the Showa era who only had the one-hour special. And so this tells that whole story of, okay, here's where we could have gone with that. Here's all the other common Riders coming back to fight, you know, one through uh, Super One coming back and dealing with all these other different things. And then there's, like, spaceships and more kaiju and kaijin coming back. And it's friggin' amazing. And I wish, I wish Toei would animate it. Because that would introduce a whole new group of people to the genre. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, because clearly Subaraya knew what was up doing both of these, doing Gridman and doing this new Ultraman anime. Yeah, Subaraya's on the ball for this. They're doing a really good job of integrating Tokusatsu into working with anime productions to get both fans into both genres. So I really wish Toei would do that. I have heard about the the Kamen Rider Spirits manga and i think that would be an amazing adaptation if they did that have you guys seen the independently animated uh sequences where i think it was the same guy who did fies and gates uh hench doing their henshin mm-hmm. and he animated it like like an anime style i don't think i've seen that one uh no i i've seen it yeah it was going around the internet and it just made me realize hold on we need a common rider or super sentai or both anime yeah, that's that a would good be point. great. Well, as far as Super Sentai goes, like Super Sentai tropes have infected anime and vice versa yeah. for so long. <laughs> like that's why I would look as a kid, not knowing any better, I would see something like Voltron and be like, "Oh, this is just like Power Rangers," because mm-hmm. it's the same formula. Or you know? yeah. 
or Gotcha yeah, Man, gotcha things man. like that. Yep. Exactly. When I like, first watched Voltron Leg- Legendary Defender um, on Netflix, I was texting my friends my reactions, and I was just like, oh, man, they're going to form the Megazord. They're going to form the Megazord. <laughs> and, like, I was just doing it completely jokingly, but, y- well, you know. What's great about that in specific is, uh, I forget which season it is. I believe it's season four. Uh, there's an episode later on in the season where Voltron has gained some notoriety, and it's basically a love letter to Japanese stage shows. And they're oh, doing all of these man. Sentai team poses and talking more like like they're at a stage show, like, we are here to defend the universe. And then they do the, the Go Ranger pose, the five of them that are there. That was so great. That was great. I just, I love seeing that. I do love that more and more we're getting anime that really has very overt tokusatsu references or is strongly using themes from tokusatsu. Not just like really one-to-one adaptations like Mm -hmm. we've gotten. I do love that we can see it in even just normal, what what would be considered normal anime, you know? Are you guys familiar with the uh, girl with girls Un Panzer doing the uh, the Die Ranger roll call? The, the yeah, roll call? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's been floating around a lot. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I've always uh, seen that come uh, up. Samurai Flamenco wasn't that another one where? Yeah, Samurai Flamenco. Yeah. Samurai Flamenco. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one frustrated me actually. <laughs> it's it, it's it's kind of divisive because it try it starts telling one story, and then it ends up telling like three other stories and it kind of has this identity crisis with itself yeah. like sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's a little bit cringy yeah okay so wait wait wait. speaking of that because i that's how i feel about the godzilla anime trilogy oh, oh you mean these these three netflix ones the trilogy yeah I liked it, don't get me wrong. I actually really did enjoy that little anime trilogy, but I felt it was telling too many stories at once and i was kind of confused by what the hell was going on in this world with all these people and all these different religions and stuff like that i was like my brain hurts so much watching this anime but it was still good i still enjoyed it but so maybe we can talk more about the godzilla anime because that's a good that's a good example of bringing in a very classic tokusatsu movie bringing Mm -hmm. it to anime and it just in my opinion it doesn't connect as well when we Mm -hmm. you know compared to like sss gridman and ultraman so the godzilla anime definitely falls a little flatter i think Mm -hmm. what we we can probably all agree on is with specifically those two subadaya ones with gridman becoming sss gridman and then us getting the ultraman manga turned into the netflix anime in both, we can see that there is clearly an understanding and a love for the genre that shows up on screen. Mm-hmm. Whereas Godzilla, you know, you've got fans for about as long. You know, they both have their birth together, Subaraya working with Toho on those original movies. And then you go into these and it feels more like, for my money, like it was like Godzilla 2000, where you mm. really wanted to tell a Godzilla story but you took way too much time focusing on what the characters were saying versus what we came here to see, which was Godzilla Throwdown. Yep. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I usually tend to like the Godzilla movies that have interesting characters and tell, like, interesting story rather than, you know, just Godzilla throwing down. Even though that's pretty fun, but at some point it's like, I want something to connect to. 
And I feel like they had a good, a strong premise, at least with the first uh, Godzilla anime uh, movie. Like mm-hmm. the whole, you know, Godzilla rampages and then, you know, the population, what's left of the population goes into space and then comes back and there's a time skip. And instead of, you know, being gone for like 20 years, they're gone like 20,000 years or something like that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. the whole planets evolved around Godzilla. Like, I thought that was really cool. And I, I thought the the different races and religions and tribes and stuff, how they interact with each other was cool. I just feel like some, some things didn't connect, like you said. Like, if it, they mm-hmm. didn't do the best job wrapping it all up. So, yeah, while I liked a lot of the setup, um, the conclusion I thought was an interesting, interesting idea, but I don't think it, I don't think the way they did it was executed in the best way. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it was concerning some certain characters and, you know, their fates and whatnot. I think a lot of that, for my money, is like, I agree with you that the first one has a very strong setup of the concept of, you know, coming back to the Earth when we just let Godzilla have it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because it's a trilogy by the third movie, they weren't really saying anything new. They just really liked the sound of their own voice. <laughs> Versus something like, say, Shin Godzilla, where... Yeah, that's got a lot of talking in it, but they're saying something. You know, it's commentary mm-hmm. about, you know, Japan reacting to uh, natural disasters. And so the whole movie is an allegory for that. And they're saying something throughout the whole movie. Whereas by the by the third, by Planet Eater, you know, you're just bogged down with all this terminology for these new races and religions. And the only word mm-hmm. you care about them saying is Ghidorah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was seriously searching for when they were talking about Ghidorah and Mothra and everything else was just like, it was so easy to tune out. Because I'm like, this doesn't, it's not like a fully formed concept. Yeah, Most of right. the stuff that they were, they like would mention things here or there, they would try to put emphasis on it, but it never, most of it never came to fruition or really got a proper story to it. So that's what was disappointing about the mm-hmm. trilogy. Yeah, it blew my mind when when the when the the Hotua when when their egg that they had was a Mothra egg, and then they did nothing with that. I know. Oh, I know. It's so disappointing. I know that was such a excuse my language cock tease. I was so mad about that because I love Mothra and I love yeah. the Godzilla movies with Mothra, but oh my god. Like, you're going to recognize the symbol, you're going to make these illusions, you know, egg and the god we worship, mm-hmm. and then it's like, so are we going to, are we going to see her? Yeah, not not to get too off topic, but like, that's, that's how I feel about when movie studios make decisions like in the upcoming Sonic live action movie, they decided, oh, we're going to make this whole thing take place in a small town that humans inhabit named Green Hills. And I'm <laughs> just like, no, don't, that's not what that is. Yeah. No. Yeah, this is where, like, I appreciate the creativity that went into the Godzilla animes, but it fell oh, yeah. so flat. Whereas compared to Ultraman and Gridman, like, those had really creative elements for the stories, the characters, etc. And mm-hmm. they executed it so well. Well, you can see they had a, a clear vision there of what they yeah. wanted to get across. And I think it's funny that you say that by the end of it, it doesn't feel like a fully formed concept when... When you look at the way they did Ghidorah in that third one, he's technically not a fully formed mm-hmm. concept. 
Yep. <laughs> like he's yep. technically that not there. That was so there. frustrating. I was like, I don't, I want to see this full monster, not this like electric banana, you know? <laughs> electric banana? <laughs> that's what I've been calling electric him banana. lately. Yeah. And that's the weird thing is that for that trilogy, the things that I remember most about it is not the action. It's a lot no. of the it's a lot of the concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the characters are kind of like you know, I don't know. They weren't. I didn't connect to them as much. Especially, I think in the in the second one too, where it's like you bring up the concept of Mecha Godzilla City, and it's like, oh great, so we're gonna get Mecha Godzilla, right? No, I really thought we were. But again, I like the concept of you know they were making Mecha Godzilla, and then it also kind of evolved into its own a higher version of itself like mm-hmm. i liked a lot of the ideas in the godzilla trilogy like i there's a lot of good ideas there i just felt like they didn't like execute it as best as they could have yeah i mean i still think it was enjoyable to watch i still mm-hmm. like i still felt like i was hooked to like trying to find out more and more and like watching it and generally enjoying it but yeah. it just it doesn't stand strong as an anime nor a tokusatsu adaption it just it mm-hmm. really needed more fruition of those concepts so that was disappointing i think it was trying to be more of an anime mm-hmm. but it just like didn't push the story yeah, definitely it was trying to be more of an anime, which is fine because there have mm-hmm. been adaptions that have worked well trying to be more anime. Like, I, I don't know too much about the Garo anime because I didn't watch too much of it. Mm-hmm. But from what I can tell, it does a fine job of making Garo an, an anime, basically. Well, the the good thing about it was I'll specifically keep it to the first season because admittedly I didn't get through the second one and I'm still watching the third one. Uh the the first season for my money is almost a 1/1 adaptation of the concept of what Garo is. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know anything about it, I could I feel confident in saying you can watch that season and be introduced to the concepts and get it and then you could be thrown into season 1 of any of the live action series and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, so this is just this but live action." Yeah, hmm. yeah, and I think it successfully does that. I also think it successfully presents Garo in the anime light to bring anime fans to watch I agree. it. I agree. Yeah, but that's where I think Godzilla falls short because that's what it's definitely that's the goal of the Godzilla trilogy. But it, I don't know, man. I don't even think anime fans liked the Godzilla trilogy to be honest. Well, some people just really love Godzilla no matter what form he's in. Just as long Mm -hmm. as it's a Godzilla thing, they'll go nuts over it. I mean, personally, I just thought it was kind of really talky and there wasn't nearly enough action to balance out how much new jargon they were throwing at me. Mm -hmm. And the action wasn't wasn't always compelling because of the scale of Godzilla. Way too big. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he is huge. So he's moving super slow, and I mean that's that's a good way to show that kind of scale. But it just makes it so that there's a bunch of things flying around him, and he's not really doing too much. Yeah, I felt the strongest action was him and Ghidorah finally going at each other, even though yeah. Ghidorah never was fully formed. But everything before mm-hmm. then, with them flying around trying to defeat him or whatever in the Mecha Godzilla City, it was just it was very lackluster. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's interesting looking at that between those really the three examples that we brought up, the Ultraman anime, uh, SSS Gridman and Garo, and then the Godzilla Netflix series, how each of them handles the scale in comparison to the original. Whereas Mm -hmm. Ultraman anime, it scales down everybody to human size, but you still see the motion capture from the from the suit actors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you look at the Netflix Godzilla movies and they scale everything up, but then you miss the point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And then you've got Gridman, and Gridman keeps the scale the same, and they do the motion capture acting. Right, and right. And they, 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 they just try to make it look like a lo- an anime tokusatsu. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, and they definitely, they did it right. And again, like I can't speak too much about the Garo anime, but from what I've seen, it really does an accurate representation of keeping it at the scale that Garo is. It's not making it any less impactful in the universe as the Makai Knights are. So I thought that was good that they adapted the story like that. But I really got to sit down and actually watch it. I swear. The fir- That first season is decent. Yeah, I've decent. seen the first few episodes of that. And I saw the first two episodes of Vanishing Line, which is the mm. third season. Yeah, Vanishing Line is its own thing. I I don't know if I could watch that one. Yeah, this is where, like, my internal crazy love for Garo, I don't know if I can watch the anime. Like, my boyfriend, he did, I don't know if he watched all of season one, but he watched a decent amount, and he loved it. He thought it was great. But I'm sitting here like, oh, no, I can't do this. I'm too biased for Garo. I think there's an easy way to go ahead and filter it down for anybody considering it. If you've already watched at least a season, or definitely if you've seen three or more seasons, go with the original. Go with that first season of Garo the Animation. You'll like that one the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, For somebody who likes things a little bit more boisterous and over the top, so if you liked Gurren Lagann, if you liked um, some trigger (laughs) stuff, you'll probably like Vanishing Line more. Because it's the Garo formula but done very over the top. The designs are bigger. The swords are bigger. The main character's name is Sword. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> His name is Sword? Hey, we covered that on the site, yeah. <laughs> so you'll probably like that one more. And straight up, if you just if you either like classical set-in-old-timey Japan stories or you're having trouble sleeping... Uh, watch the second season because most anime fans and tokusatsu fans will agree the second season is not the best. That's what oh, I've heard. That it's, was a good recommendation, kind of Josh. Okay, okay, so so season one, season two, then Vanishing Line, maybe for me. Um, I mean that's chronological. That's chronological oh. for you. I would probably say season one, season three, season two. Oh, do do I not need to watch them in order? No, they're all, like most other Garo series, they're completely separate stories following three different protagonists. Oh, So they're not okay. connected, other than the fact that it's Garo and Garo concepts. If you already are cool with that, then you can jump onto any of them. Okay, cool. I hope some of our listeners are learning with me. <laughs> and they're <laughs> all up on thing. streaming stuff. Funimation's got them all up. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, if you go onto our resources link on our website and you click into uh, where to watch tokusatsu in English, we have all the streaming links for the Garo stuff. So definitely go check it out. Absolutely. I was ver- I was very happy to find it on Verve recently. Yes, the whole thing's on Verve. 
All all three of them. Going back a bit, I got a few questions about the Ultraman anime that I didn't get. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing we're doing spoilers, right? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's not really a spoiler, but so Seven Moriboshi, he's not the same. Like, is he the one from the TV series? No, he's he's a completely different imagining of the character. Okay. Because I mean, we have Hayate, who is you know. Hayata from the show. So, yeah, but I was right. like, it always confused me that Seven was, you know, younger and f- kind of felt like a different character than what he was in Ultra Seven. Yes, he's mm-hmm. so different. He's very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. The, the one thing that they kept, the two things that they kept were that his name is Dan Motoboshi and they, they're doing different things with you know, the little Easter eggs you'll see there in the design. So since mm-hmm. nobody transforms really in the anime, except for, you know, the transformation sequence they gave Shinjiro, they kept him with red glasses. Yeah. Yeah. As as a nod to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a sword in the show, right? I don't no. think he had a sword in the No, original. that's just a reference to all the he, bladed attacks that he had in like Ultra 7. Slugger or whatever it's yeah. called, right? Yeah, the Ultra Slugger. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, and also with uh, Hakuto, like we never really see how. I mean, we know that someone made his suit, but we don't know how, do we? Because I mean, the the it's the same tech. It's almost the same tech as Seven and Ultraman, but it's not from SSSP. So. From the Science Patrol, right, right, right. right. So, so that alien, th- there was an alien that was like taking care yeah. of him that made him that suit. Um, and we don't, I guess we don't really know where he got the tech specifically, but we do know at least that that alien was responsible for creating it for him. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely one of the cliffhangers that they left off with is mm-hmm. they, they need to address that. And I'm 90% sure that they do in the manga. I can't remember off the top of my head because it's past 11 o'clock and that's past <laughs> my old lady bedtime, but I'm fairly certain if there's going to be a second season, I'm sure they will talk about that. I'm I'm like 80% convinced they're going to announce a season two. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Tsuburaya to make that announcement, you know? <laughs> I hope so. I know. I, there's so many things they left off on that I really, really want to know more about. But I hope we get another Gridman, too. More oh. Gridman! Oh, well, cause, okay, I'll, I'll say that much because you remember... It's the interesting thing tying back to – you can enjoy the show as an anime fan, which is fine. But if you already are familiar with the Tokusatsu series that it came from, it's just – there's that other level of enjoyment you can get watching it. Like mm-hmm. I was – I remember specifically for the last episode in Gridman, I went back because I watched it with with Kalen and you know we were going nuts. But I decided to go on YouTube and look up people's rea- live reactions – to episode 12 and it mm-hmm. for my money i was so disappointed with people being like okay there's this song playing and he he looks all retro like this is kind of cool <laughs> no whereas that's not what this is just pick up on that? no because not everybody's gonna know but if you've already <sighs> seen grid man you're there just like grid man baby you're, you're going nuts <laughs> That makes total sense, but here's the thing, is I never watched the original Gridman or Samurai Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, and I heard that song go on, and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, this has got to be the original theme song. That is so cool. See, you can figure that out through context. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, ve- I'm very in tune to that sort of thing. And also, I did a lot of research before going into my Gridman review. Yeah, I, I, I'm also, I watched, I did watch Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, but I didn't watch Gridman. I mean, I watched a few episodes while this anime was going on, just to, just to see how, what it was like. And I want to continue mm-hmm. it. But yeah, when that moment happened, I was like, oh my god. There's a part of me that hopes that some that somehow season two is a live action version. Oh my god! <laughs> well, see, here's here's the thing. Like, yeah. I liked that the ending brings it into live action because then that's like bringing it around full full circle. Yeah, and they also have a yeah. suit, <laughs> a live action, and suit. they have a good suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about that ending, apart just apart from all of the um, symbolic connections that I was able to make, is that. Since they brought it into live action, they confirmed that that whole world was the computer world, and they basically were able to say, yeah, no, this show totally fits within the canon of the old show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As like a sort of a sequel, if you will. Yeah, I really like that they did that. I think that was a very clever way of, like you said, bringing it full circle. And I don't, we didn't see that with any other tokusatsu anime adaptions, you know? Trying mm-hmm. to really, really bring it back to its tokusatsu roots. So that was really cool. And that goes back to like the anime short that they did, that Trigger did like a few years ago. I was ago. just about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Where it is a continuation of the tokusatsu series. And then this is kind of jumping off of that, I believe. Well, because the, the, the animation that the Trigger animators did was jumping off an idea that they wanted to have for the sequel to Gridman, mm-hmm. where they would introduce Gridman Sigma, mm-hmm. which is the blue-colored Gridman. Oh. And it's nice that in watching SSSS Gridman, they kind of adapted that concept into creating Grid Knight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you yeah. have that secondary oh. character who looks a lot like the hero, but is just slightly... It's just a, a palette swap with a slight difference. And I just remember... Like, I, I love the series, but specifically when Auntie turned into that suit, I was like, what? But and I, and I was I was just like my eyes were open the whole fight. But the second they say the knight who saved Gridman, Grid Knight, I just went, ooh, <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah, that what did it for me. Moment. When they gave him that name, I was just like, oh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> if there's one thing Trigger knows how to do, it is to create hype. And generate just nostalgic mm-hmm. feelings mm-hmm. from from old media. Uh, it's like how Gurren Lagann was created as a tribute to the super robot genre. Yep. And SS Gridman is a uh, tribute to the tokusatsu genre. With some super robot affectations in there. They've got that time that they that they release all of the uh, support vehicles for, uh, for, for Gridman. And they're all like riding alongside each other on, in sort of like a... A, a portrait view um I, I don't really know how to word this um but it's basically mimicking how super sentai robots will enter yeah. the scene it's that and also like those older series like gal gaigar like all those older combining anime series it's just like those it definitely felt like that for sure yeah especially how yeah. they animated the, the the combination sequences like those were exactly 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, Sentai did take inspiration from those Super Robo genre, yeah. for sure. So it's all it's mm-hmm. all going back to, like, Toguzatsu origins and where it's Tokusatsu all, yeah, got together. a lot of things. Yeah, it's so, it's amazing that we can have these anime adaptations that are love letters to Tokusatsu in their own ways. So I really want more of them, too. It's a really interesting mm-hmm. time where we're seeing creators show love to tokusatsu in different ways whether it's manga or anime or even just adaptations and like here i don't it, it just feels like this it's an interesting time where we're getting different yeah. versions of tokusatsu one of my personal goals for myself as a creative is i would i would like to create comic book series one day and i've got this whole concept for superheroes that are just totally inspired by tokusatsu and i want to make that a thing i'm right there with you yeah yeah, no, I mean, there are plenty of examples, even in American media, that reference back to Tokusatsu. Like, you can, I mean, if you've ever watched Kyle's Mighty Magisword, you'll oh, yeah. know yes. oh, yeah. he yeah. loves Tokusatsu. He was, I think he was our first featured artist, or one of our first, yeah. and you can tell he absolutely adores Tokusatsu. Not at, not long after I moved out here, I had lunch with him, and I asked him directly, look, I, like, I, I watch the show, I love the show, but I gotta ask you, the way that the Magiswords always call out the names, and before he could finish, he said, no, yes, that's definitely a Forze reference I threw in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, but I love that. I love that we're seeing more creations that act that way, whether it's, you know, in, you know, coming from Japan itself, or even our American creators kind of showing their love. It's... It's so great that we can have tokusatsu represented in this way so we can get people into tokusatsu. Because, I I mean, that's really how my boyfriend, I was able to really convince him as an anime fan to watch some tokusatsu stuff, is these adaptations giving you, like, a peek into what their origins are from and what you can kind of expect from tokusatsu. So it's really... It's a really interesting time. I don't, I cannot remember anything before this kind of time frame that has so deeply referenced tokusatsu. I cannot think of an anime that I watched when I was younger that so deeply referenced tokusatsu like the ones we're getting now. Well, I mean, like we had Kikaider, but for mm-hmm. the most part, like like myself, like you would watch that and you wouldn't know any better. Or, um, I, I, kind of an offshoot of that. There was an anime about, uh, I want to say like 10 years ago. Uh, it was a real short one called The Skull Man, which oh, is oh, yep, another yep. Uh, Ishinomori property, which was a real short manga, but it has ties to like the creation of Cyborg 009 and Common Rider. Mm-hmm. And there was that real quick prologue episodes that they did with the actor who played Common Rider Hibiki that they put out to promote the anime and they had they had just like with gridman they had a full uh skull man suit that they made oh my for God. this thing and it, wow. it looked amazing i would have watched a full 12 episodes or more of that series but done live action mm-hmm. because you know it's it's this ishinomori property and you can see the love there to it like they there's a lot of references to original common writer and Cyborg 09 sprinkled throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And you would watch that and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I didn't know that ties back to Cyborg 009. You know, if you know anime, but if you know Toksatsu, if you see there's a character there who's in an all-white tuxedo with a vampire cape, 
<laughs> like, and you know your stuff. You're like, huh, that guy looks weird. But if you know Tokusatsu, it's like, oh, he's referencing Dr. Shinigami. That's from Kamen Rider. Yeah, I recognize yeah. that guy. It's a whole other layer. Yeah, we're getting more overt Tokusatsu references, I think. Yes. And more yes. really overt Tokusatsu adaptions. Like, to me, Ultraman basically just is an anime of Tokusatsu at this point. And same with Gridman. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's less of an anime and more just like tokusatsu even though it's not technically within the actual live action genre but i can only hope that we'll just get more of this because i know gridman did fantastic absolutely fantastic amongst anime fans and viewership and everything so i really hope i love the idea of common writer spirits coming out as like an adaptation that would be freaking amazing to watch but i hope we can get more of this well, because yeah. it's great that all this stuff has come out within just, what, the past two years for the Godzilla movies, and mm-hmm. then we just got Gridman, we just got Ultraman, Garo's been going on for a while, but what makes me feel better about it is that we've got all these examples, and four out of five times we can say that they're objectively good. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that I can agree with. It's These are really good. I mean, you can say what you will about... Garo, you can say what you will about the ones before Garo, but I feel like most people can agree that these last few adaptations, you know, minus Godzilla, were really good. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Toho. I know. I'm sorry, Toho. I love, like I said, I actually really did enjoy watching all of it, but it just. When I think about it afterwards, yes. I'm like, It's uh, not to take anything away from anybody who enjoys those. You, you're allowed no, to. No, of course not. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I just think the quality of these anime adapt- adaptations of tokusatsu is getting better and better and better. And I'm mm-hmm. so looking forward to what's next. I agree. I, would, I agree. And, you know, Toei has totally got a leg up on this. The, like, they, they have their Precure series. They've got... Toei Animation that did the uh, you know I I I often rewatch the uh, miraculous Ladybug preview that they made mm-hmm. and it's like if there's any studio that's gonna make a a really cool to- Tokusatsu adaptation now it's gonna be Toei or eventually. it should be it, it should, should be. be it should be because well, you remember in the I think it was the spinoff for Ni Ninja there's that real quick sequence they had where they yeah. animated them in the Precure style. Yeah, that that's what really got me thinking about this and it's like you, you know, I've got I've got my issues with Ninja Ninja whatever, but I saw this I saw that video posted up on on Facebook and I was just like, "Wow, when did this happen? This is really cool. I need to I need more of this." And it's, yeah. it's only just for a couple of seconds and it's like, "You're right. You would you would expect them with their catalog with all of the IPs that they own and the fact that they do animation that they could have adapted something. The closest we ever got was Pretty Garlean Sailor Moon. That was the only time they've done that transition, but mm-hmm. they've got the stuff to work with. I just wish they would do it. Toei, why don't you like money? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like at this point, if they totally wanted to, they could absolutely make an anime spinoff special for every Sentai series to come out. They could, they could totally do that like once a year. I feel like it's because they have too many properties that they can't do it. Maybe. Oh, because, like, they got Dragon point. Ball. I mean, they have a bunch of anime that they're already doing, right? And then they have all, like, Kamen Rider, Sentai, like, as far as the Toei. Like, I feel like I feel like they have their resources spent already that they don't do it. Whereas, like, yeah, and they're Tsuburaya, very 
has the show has you know the regular show in, in the movies but they are more willing to put effort into like an anime or a manga mm. or you know what i mean like they 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 i guess because they have less to focus on they can try and experiment with that makes sense yeah cuz whereas like subarai is still you know, putting themselves out there. And they're doing a great job of making themselves known by having Gridman, by having Ultraman. Garo, mm-hmm. it's only Garo, so they have the chance to split off mm-hmm. and do these other stories and expose themselves to a wider audience. And yeah, admittedly, yeah, Toei's got their hands in a lot of different pots. But I think because of that, they're losing out on this market. Whereas with Gridman and Ultraman, they're doing the thing that Toei does all the time with uh, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai – where it's they're trying to get the names out there of these older characters because you wouldn't think maybe even two years ago with the Ultraman anime, you'd have people talking about Ultraman Ace, Ultra 7, Taro Mm -hmm. that didn't grow up over there. And now people know those names now. You know, people wouldn't care about the Gridman suit if you either didn't grow up with it in Japan or you hadn't watched Superhuman Mm -hmm. Samurai Cyber Squad. And now with the anime, people know that suit and be like, yeah, that's a cool suit. And so Toei could do that option of making sure people knew, you know, Skyrider, Super One, Rider Man, Amazon, Stronger, all those guys without just having to have them show up maybe for two minutes in a writer movie. You could have this anime to tell their stories, to get people acquainted mm-hmm. with stuff that goes back 40 years and, you know, yeah. bring it to the modern day. Yeah, Toei is very protective of their image and of their properties for sure as we all know as americans you know the whole licensing crap that goes on with super sentai and common rider mm-hmm. over here is just a constant battle for anybody who actually wants to bring that to american television but i think they are missing out on an opportunity for something really unique you know Superaya is really taking the reins and really coming back as a substantial production company now Mm -hmm. that they've kind of dipped hands into anime and they're you know i still think of course their ultraman series is always going to be their main focus but Mm -hmm. i cannot believe how well they've done in their last couple anime adaptions i can only imagine what potential they have for the other properties like i could see maybe not like Red Man getting an adaptation, but any other Subaraya uh, property could get a similar adaptation, and I think it would do really well if they do it creatively. They're way more willing to like experiment with properties that you wouldn't think would come back. Like mm-hmm. the fact that we have an American Red Man comic or American made uh, Red Man comic. Clap for Matt. Right? Clap for Matt. <laughs> I know. See, that's surprising too that they even. You know, we're amenable to that idea, which you all should watch Matt Frank's uh, interview on our YouTube channel. He does talk a lot about how he approached Subaraya with the Red Man idea and how they were on board with it. And they were really excited. And oh my God, it's so fantastic to see a company like Subaraya Productions be open to those ideas. Toei is pretty um, protective of Kamen Rider, and it's like, haven't they sort of taken the attitude of they don't think that it's profitable over overseas? I feel like I heard that somewhere. We could do another hour on that. Yeah, yeah that's, true, that's yeah. not wrong, probably, and I think maybe that could be 
why Toei doesn't want to risk it because, you know, in the, whatever has happened in the past has happened. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's worth the effort, at least in the anime realm, because it really oh, totally. does. You really got to like really F it up to fail with an anime adaptation of Tokusatsu because we've now seen several successful yeah. Tokusatsu anime adaptions. So if they just yeah. latch on to the formulas that everybody else is doing, I think they can do it well. Yeah, and the thing is, like, anime doesn't have the same kind of stigma, at least in the U.S., mm-hmm. that tokusatsu might have because the kind of tokusatsu that we're talking about wanting to see more of is the kind that people immediately identify as the power rangers style true and so then they associate it with power rangers in their mind and then they say oh is that power rangers and we go no it's not (laughs) and that and so anime doesn't have that stigma against it it's just anime yeah, and I think I, that's true that, you know, we don't have exposure to tokusatsu outside of Power Rangers for most American audiences. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, then you're not in that group of people. But to present Common Rider or any of their other properties in an anime format, I think it would be successful. Because if, if freaking Tsuburaya can do it with Gridman... I really think they could do it with Kamen Rider. Like, that is really a success story right there that can show you that even anime adaptions of older properties that people may not really know anymore can work really, really well. Yeah. A good story is a good story. Yeah, a good story is a good story. And you can, you know, that should be the focus of any of those. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. One, One of the things that I wanted to mention when we were talking about, um, you know, uh, Toei's resources was the fact that Tsuburaya, Tsuburaya did reach out to, um, you know, they, they partnered up with with Trigger to create SSSS.Gridman. And, you know, the results show. I don't really know much about Tsuburaya just as a company and what their resources are, but that partnership seems to have worked out nicely. I mean, they don't have, like, the animation base that, like, Toei mm-hmm. does, but I yeah. I don't think it would be a bad idea for Toei to partner with another studio. Though, again, that's just, you know, two yeah. animation studio powerhouses, possibly, yeah. trying to work on an anime. Imagine a Sentai anime done by Bones. What? <laughs> I imagine out of any of those, Toei would more than likely want to handle it in-house yeah, yeah. since they have those capabilities. And yeah, it's not like yeah. they're lacking on funds in general. It's just a matter of them mm-hmm. understanding that this is an opportunity for them mm-hmm. to tell this story and get their uh, IPs and products out there to a different audience. But I think it's a matter of so long as they understand that they think they're doing pretty good and the lane they're in, they're not going to feel like they need to or yeah. even want to. I mean, that's typical of any Japanese company for sure. But I really do think Subaraya has pushed the envelope and that's why mm-hmm. it's become so successful. They're, you know, Ultraman and Gridman, but... I do think Toei can do it. They just, you know, they may not want to at that point, even though it could be wildly successful. Yeah. Yeah. So we wait for the day that they decide to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the opposite of the, they never stop to think if they should. It's it's like the, if they, you know, they never did it. And it's like, oh, well, they never stopped to think that they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say I know what you mean. Yeah, they should. They yeah. don't even approach the idea, even though it could 
potentially create more fans of their IPs, both in Japan and overseas. Can you imagine if we got a Kamen Rider anime, how uh, popular that would be would in America, up. too? I want it so bad. The One of the biggest things that I love about these shows and, and like, you know, I love the transformation sequences. I love the gimmicks. And those things are also embodied in, like, Magical Girl anime, mm-hmm. which Toei makes. Yeah. So I want to see it happen. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. Maybe that'll change. I mean, I love the idea of having the Common Rider Spirits, like, that whole manga getting adapted. I think that would create, like, the perfect base for mm-hmm. an anime if they did it. But any idea would be really interesting to see play out. If it were me, because we're coming up on the 50th anniversary, I would think that would be a great thing for them to do to time it out right there. You know, like, that's a nice round number. Hey, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and retell some of the old stories, but in anime. Yeah, that's, that's you know, so that's cool. fantastic. I think that's great. You know, I don't know if there was any, I don't think there was a major anniversary for this Ultraman anime, but I still think that would be a fantastic opportunity because the thing that that convinces me the most about it was actually a couple of years ago in the I believe it was the Wizard Forze or was it O's Forze movie war when they brought back the legendary seven riders and they had them fighting all the current bad guys with their old attacks they just upgraded the effects and mm-hmm. it looked fine like there was no problem with it it didn't look hokey it looked mm-hmm. like it like it would modern time so if you can update right. that why not just do it in an animated genre. I mean, that's what they did with this Ultraman. Like, they use exactly. all these different exactly. attacks for Ultraman. Like, the Specium... I never I never can pronounce it. Specium Ray? Ray? Spacium Ray, yeah. Spacium Ray, yeah. Like, that looks so goddamn cool. It did look really cool. I really appreciated how they did, like, the mechanical design of that yeah. function. They're just like, oh, if you connect these two parts on your robo suit, you can do the Spacium Ray. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's the old thing. Yep, yep. Oh, and the way they did it at the end, where it's, like, messed up, so you can only use Mm -hmm. the top part. Or the whole, like, you've only got three minutes. It's like, it's about time. I know. The color timer. Color timer. That's when he went Super Saiyan. (laughs) That's true. He did go Super Saiyan. And they're they're just like, wait, he unlocked it himself? How? Dun, dun, dun. But that's definitely your anime influence right there. Yeah. Yeah. Which could work so well with Toei's IPs, but... You know. Can I make a prediction now about 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 Ultraman? Actually, because I had a I had an idea about how I think it might go. Okay, sure. Okay, so here's my theory. My theory is that eventually we will get giant Ultraman, and it just turns out that that's part of his power. He's like slowly unlocking his power that he got handed down from his dad, who was fused with Ultraman, and eventually he's gonna figure out how to grow giant. Well, yeah, that's that- that's the manga. <laughs> go read the manga yeah go read the manga <laughs> okay okay well well i guess i guess i've been con- okay okay you guessed it brody i guess i guessed it correctly yep. <laughs> to be fair brody i didn't know so, <laughs> you're not alone no that's that's hilarious though because it's it's you know that that's what we want to see of course yes. You know, you yeah, want to see Ultraman get big. We, 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 need, we need the payoff. We need the payoff. We need the payoff. But that's, uh, yeah, that just goes to show that they definitely put 
a lot of attention and care into this. And same with Gridman. Gridman did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godzilla, maybe. <laughs> the Garo anime, maybe, as well. But I think we're on the horizon of better and better and better tokusatsu anime adaptions. And I can only hope that we get more soon. Yeah. I Please. need more. I need more. I'll be really excited if these anime adaptations bring in more tokusatsu fans as well. Yes. Well, I mean, it's, it is happening because every time I talk well, yeah. to my friends that are only anime fans, they know Gridman. And they're like, oh, man, maybe I should check out the live action. And I'm here like, hello, mm-hmm. talk to me, your resident <laughs> toku yeah. friend. Yeah. See, see, I was on another Discord server and I was talking with just the people on that server. And I was freaking out about Gridman as I was writing my review. And I'm just because, because, you know, it was a chance for me to freak out about the show all over again. And the one person's just like, wait, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad? I used to watch that. And I'm just like, well, then you should watch Gridman. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. But, all right. I think this is a good place to wrap up the podcast. There's definitely, there's a good, we have a good forecast of a good tokusatsu animes, hopefully, happening in the near future. And I think, I think if we can get certain companies like Toei on, it's only going to get better from there. But in the meantime, I think everybody should check out all these shows. Yes. yes. If you Absolutely. are a Toku fan, no matter if you've seen the originals of these, definitely check them out. They're yeah. all valuable yeah. in their own ways. Some better than others. Some, you know, have interesting storylines. Some have great action. It's There's really a lot cool for designs. everybody. Really, yeah. yeah. They're, they're just different approaches to different shows and how to how to adapt them in the first place yeah and like you know they're accessible yeah. you can you can get Gridman on crunchyroll or funimation you can get ultraman on netflix and godzilla and, 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 godzilla. and, and, and godzilla on netflix and, and garo's, garo's on verve and funimation yep yeah. yep and most everything's on on verve yep. and if you want to watch the old Gridman, it's on toku hd <laughs> Yep, Toku yes. HD, which yeah. I definitely highly recommend if you want to get into Gridman, and they have a lot of Ultraman on there too. So, Crunchyroll still has some of their Ultraman catalog, but it's a uh, dwindling every day. Yeah, it was really interesting because when I went and I went and talked at the Verve, I, or asked a question at the Verve industry panel back at New York Comic Con, and I was just like, "So you guys have some Ultraman on your site? Are you going to get more Tokusatsu?" And then just like slowly as time has gone on. Zhu Ranger, Die Ranger, just more Super Sentai, mm-hmm. more you, you know you get Garo, you get a little bit of everything. It's great, I love it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, if you want to hear us talk about the Ultraman manga, we did an episode uh, a couple years back. You can check that out as well. What episode number was that? Ooh, putting on the spot. Vamp <laughs> <laughs> for a minute. I'll get to it. We'll fluff it up for a minute. Well, in the meanwhile, thank you all for being on the podcast with me and having a nice little conversation about anime. Of course, that was my OG fandom, and then I got into tokusatsu after that. So it's it's kind of nice to be able to talk about both at the same time. So thank you for so much for joining us, and thank you, everybody, that's actually listening to this podcast. Yeah, we appreciate you. <laughs> I know it's like you're you're uh, you're uh, hopefully enjoyed the rants and rambles 
that we've had. And please, like we said earlier, watch all these shows if you haven't already. They're fantastic. Also, it is episode 12 of the Tokenet podcast. Yes, and listen to that episode if you want to know more about the Ultraman manga and and their thoughts on that. So, thank you everybody. Have a good night, because it's late for us. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 Good night, everybody. The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Network.com.